Amen. Okay. Now, yesterday I spoke about majoring on the difference between eternal life and everlasting life. So, without wasting much of our time, I'm just going to try all the best that I can to make this podcast to be, you know, short. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of John for a second. The first scripture I'd like us to lose the third chapter of John. The 16th verse of the third chapter of John. Just let's read that together, right? So for God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he believeth not. He believed he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19. This is the condemnation. The light has come in the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds are evil. Verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light, neither come into the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Verse 21. But he that doeth truth come met to the light. That his deed may be made manifest that the word in God. Now, this was Jesus speaking, right? When he measures on everlasting life, he draws close reference. Again, he draws close reference. He made a similarity between death, condemnation. So in other words, the simple dis- explanation of everlasting life is a life without death. You don't die. That is everlasting life. Alright? That is everlasting life. But I'd like us to look more about everlasting life. Alright, okay. Let's go down the book of John. That's in John. Just swipe it down. John 5. John 5. Uh, we should read from we should read from verses uh, twenty-three. Let's read from verse twenty-three. Well, you know what? Let's just read from verse nineteen. Let's read from verse nineteen. He says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise." Verse twenty. For the Father loveth the Son, and showed all. And showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that he may marvel. Verse 21 For the Father raised up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Verse 22 For the Father judgeth no man, but he committed all judgment on the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which sent him. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come to condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. But is passed from death unto life. Verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, 
when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live, as the Father had life in himself. So had he given the Son to have life in himself, and had given authority to his judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Okay. Now, I'd like us to just jump a little bit from John 5, and let's look at John 6. Okay, let us look at John 6. Let's jump a little from John 5 and look at John 6. From verse 11 of John 6, let's look at from verse 44. It said, No man can come to me except the Father has sent, except him who the Father has sent. I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 45, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that had heard and had learned of the Father, come to me. Verse 46, Not that any man had seen the Father, save he which is of God. He had seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me had everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man eat it thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. He shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the word. For the life of the world. Alright, now, let me measure on this uh, everlasting life very quickly. Uh, Jesus did well to have explained it. This explanation here is very, very, very explanatory. He says it of himself. He says it of himself. You see, in verse 52, John 6:52 The Bible says the Jews therefore strode amongst themselves saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat Then Jesus said unto them Verily verily I say unto you except ye eat of the flesh of the son of man and drink of his blood he had no life in you Whosoever eat of my flesh and drink my blood had eternal life had eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat and my blood. Now, let us talk about this. Okay. Now, when Jesus spoke about everlasting life, he drew a close reference to death. If you follow me through heaven, I just read now, I just read now, rather. You see, he drew a close reference to death. When he spoke about everlasting life, he spoke about death. So he that had eternal life shall live forever. The reason is, everlasting life abides in time. It lives in time. Forever is time. As long as time abides, you live. Alright? But when he spoke about eternal life, he didn't talk about death. John 6, verse 50, from verse 53, he says, And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat of my flesh, 
Ye except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth of my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. Eternal life. He didn't say will have. Whoever partaketh of me. You see, hold on. Now, this explanation about eternal life is not very clear. But what I'll do now is to explain what everlasting life is. And then I'll take us down to another scripture that will let us to understand what it means for us to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Your goodness. Okay. Amen. Now, Jesus said that whosoever would believe it on him had everlasting life. Everlasting life. And he shall live forever. Forever. Forever is a space of time. Forever is a space of time. Right? So when he measures on everlasting life, he's talking about a life without death. This is a life that, you know, shoots you from poison. This is a life like what happened to Paul at the island of Patmos. This is a life that, you know, energizes your mortal body. You you now fall sick. You get this? This is the life. But when he measured and when he spoke about eternal life, he was talking about eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood. Right? So everlasting life is a life without death. It's just like in for us to go back to the Old Testament when Jesus, you know, when uh, 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 Moses brought the people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. And then the Bible made us understand that they rebelled against God and spoke against Moses. And the Lord, uh, the translation said, the, the, the way it was translated, it said, And the Lord sent serpent to, to bite and kill them. The Lord didn't send serpent to bite and kill them. No. Then, listen, let me explain something to you. When, you know, the Lord gives access for something to happen, The translation in the Hebrew word is likened to doing it. You're getting if you're very conversant with, you know, the ancient Greek and Hebrews, they don't have, they don't have many synonyms. You know, their words are likened. They have so many. Rather, I'm sorry. What am I saying? They have so many synonyms. Everything is just related together. When you need the spirit of God to, you know, differentiate which is which. So when the Bible says that the Lord sent serpent, it means the Lord gave asses. And the devil came in, serpent, what, to destroy them. And then they went to Moses and they said, Moses, we know what we did is wrong. And we are sorry for what we did. Um, we want you to pray to God or you ask God so he can take the serpent away. That was the request. What did Moses do? Moses go down to God and said, Lord, these people said they were sorry. Just take the serpent away. And God told Moses, you know what? Make a brazen serpent to set it up on high anybody who's beaten by The serpent should look up to the brazen serpent. He should not perish. And Jesus said, just as the brazen serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. Everybody who looks up to him, who has a gaze in him, shall not perish. 
What's he talking about? Everlasting life. It abides forever. We cannot describe the person of God to say, oh, God is the everlasting God. No. We call him eternal redeeming. For eternity, he abides. So when time is gone, God still abides. Now this life is what he had given. So Jesus now said in the, you know, in the sixth chapter, in the sixth chapter in the 53rd verse of John, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. But he just said, if you believe, you have everlasting life. He was talking about a different kind of life. He was talking about the life that goes beyond time. And when he went further a little bit, the verse, you know, the 54th verse, he said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood had eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat. I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. Hold on. Now, I told you something right now. I said, he who has... Listen, I don't like to contradict myself. I'm not going to pass it. So I'm explaining I'm going to tell you everything is the truth. If I don't know it, I won't say it. All right? I'm saying it because I know it. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, so I know it. Now, he says here, I'm not going to bypass it. I'm just going to draw it to your, you know, to your attention. He said, I will raise him up at the last day. But I just told you that, you know, you, you can't die. So why is he raising the mom? So you will understand the scripture for us to know. If you're conversant to the, uh, the, the, you know, the message of Paul, Paul's message. He said that he died, that he will go down to that grave. And preach the gospel to the generation that had perished during the time of Noah. That generation. That they too may have life. So he says, I will raise them up in the last day. I want you to understand something. He wasn't talking here about everlasting life. I told you everlasting life is the life you have and you can't die. But eternal life is the one you have beyond eternity. He has nothing to do with death. Once eternal life is sent to see you, you know, you don't abide in time anymore. You don't grow old. You know, you don't feel anything about, you know, anything. You get it? This is eternalness in life. Amen. Okay. Now, this life measures busily on, you know, deathlessness. You don't have any business with that. Is it your own life? But everlasting life, it lasts everlasting forever. As long as there is forever, it lasts. So what Jesus meant is, even if you die, You know, you don't have uh, everlasting life and you die. 
Oh, when the time comes for you to receive eternal life, I will raise you up. What does it mean? It doesn't just mean for you to come back to life. It means that you coming back, you know, for to life, and then he will take you up to the place of God. The word raise you up is taking you to the God kind life. I will take you to the God kind life. That is what it means is I will raise you up. Like give you a hand like you on the ground. I will give you a hand to stand up. That is what he was talking about. Not to, you know, bring you from the dead back to life. No. If you read this, he didn't talk about death. John 6, 50, 53, he says, Verily, verily, I see only you, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of man and drink of his blood. Ye have no life in you. Whoever eat of my flesh and drink of my blood had eternal life. I will raise him up in the last day. I will give him a hand to come to the life of God. Alright? I don't want to miss anything. I want you to get the point in telling And if you do not really understand, you can still write me and go still explain it to you. Okay, now I think I've spoken a lot about, you know, everlasting life. I said everlasting life is a life you have. And this life makes you unvulnerable to sickness. It's a life that makes you unvulnerable to everything. That was, and I made, you know, close reference to Paul in the island of Patmos when he was beaten by a viper. He didn't. The viper's venom didn't have any effect on him. When Jesus said he should kick on any poisonous stuff and it should not hurt you, is because you have what? Everlasting life. John 3, 16, For God so loves the world that he gave his own begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. I said some translation used the word eternal life. The, the reason is, these two words are closely related. Sometimes, the, they are mistaken for each other. The Greek word for everlasting life and eternal life is Ainos. Is Ainos. They both talk about life. We're talking about different kind of life. They seem similar, but they're different in context. That's the reason why you find so many translations use eternal life in the places where they're supposed to use everlasting life. It's a, a, a mistake of a, a context. I mean, Jesus was just speaking of everlasting life, and in one breath he stopped because he was talking about death. And then when he wanted to talk about beyond death, He spoke of it and he said, I will raise him up in the last days. The 54 years, whosoever had, whosoever eaten my flesh and drinking my blood had eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. What is he raising you up for? Somebody say, oh, he's raising up for judgment. No. Now, I want you to notice. Eternal life is a life beyond judgment. Everlasting life is the life that takes you to judgment. Why eternal life takes you beyond judgment? John 17. Let's, let's measure on 17th. Book of John when Jesus was praying. The good thing about this is this was Jesus' words. They were not John's words. John just gave us the account. But Jesus was, you know, the speaker. John 17. We like to read from verse 1 so we could get the point. John 17:1. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to the heaven and said, Father, 
The hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life. What does he mean to give it? To bring you to the God kind of life. The God kind of life. Okay. Let's continue. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Just be. And this is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now notice this, the first time Jesus was talking about eternal life, he said, you will partake of my flesh, eat of my flesh, and drink my blood. Okay, now we know what the flesh and the blood is. Right? He was measuring on what? A communion. And somebody will say, oh, I have a communion every day, not just a communion where you drink the wine and the blood. A communion you with the word. The word is his blood. In his body, the flesh. Right? Okay. So, in other words, I want us to understand this. Eternal life takes you to judgment. You know, when judgment day comes, eternal life is going to be, I said, what am I saying? Uh, when judgment day comes, everlasting life takes you to judgment. When judgment day comes, everlasting life is going to, you know, run out. Because that was where time stops. And then eternal life is when God will now raise you up. Like he takes you up from the, the level of life you are to the God kind of life. It's like you fall to the ground and somebody gives you a hand to lift you up. Now, Jesus was saying, God had given me this opportunity. I'm the one who's going to do it. The reason is simple. I know them that are for me. So I will give them the God kind of life. Amen. So it's very simple. Everlasting life takes you as long as time is. Eternal life takes you beyond time. Everlasting life is a life you have without death. And the point you're going to have now is for the apostle Paul died. You know, the apostles did die. The 12 apostles did die. That is simple. They didn't die of natural causes. They sacrificed their life. Jesus told them. The Bible made us to understand at a certain point, two of Jesus' disciples came one of a parent and told him, said, oh, master, can I ask something of you? And Jesus said, come on, what's it? And they said, oh, master, can you do that? You know, my two sons, one is going to sit on your right hand and the other is going to sit on your left. And Jesus told them, can you, you cannot partake of the cup which I want to partake of. And they said, oh, master, don't worry, we can't partake of it. And Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, truthfully, he will. He wasn't talking about the two of them. He's talking about all of them. Jesus died for the cause of the world. The word. So in other words, he was telling them that they would die for the word. You read what Jesus told the Nias, what he told the Nias about Paul. He said, Paul will suffer for the word. So it's a revelation, you know, it, so it's a, a fulfillment of that which God has spoken. So if you hear somebody say you won't have the nature to die anymore, it's true. 
Somebody said, okay, why did they die? Why did the apostles die? And I would say, yes, they died because they sacrificed a life for the cause of the gospel. This is a sacrifice. They gave it up. Jesus said, I give up my life. So they gave up their life for the cause of the gospel. See, so in other words, if they stopped preaching the gospel, they would not have been killed. But they never stopped. Oh, they spoke the gospel. They did the work of the gospel. And I tell you, the gospel means good news. The word gospel, the word that is translated to gospel, you know, is also synonymous to good news. Now, I told you, in ancient Greeks, they have everything in synonyms. They were, they were all synonymized. So one word can mean three things. It's the reason why the translators had to need the Spirit of God for them to detail on which is which. There's a reason why I tell people, don't you read the Bible? When you read the Bible, ask the Spirit to, you know, to give you. How about Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth should come, He should lead you in the wrong truth. But we already have the Word, so why is it the Spirit of truth coming to lead us in the wrong truth? So we can find the intentness of the point He will send out. Amen. So this is it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish. You are not perishing. The reason is you have everlasting life. The New International Translation says, shall not perish or shall not die, but have eternal life. I told you that the context, the, the, the Greek word is ayunas. He means the same thing, but in actual context, it's wrong. You get this? It's wrong. You see, there are so many words in English. It's just like English language. There are so many words in English language that, you know, can mean the same thing, but you don't. You can use them for different things. Right? An example of it, you can say, um, you can go to the right side. What does this mean? You're giving somebody your direction. Right? And in one, in one breath, in the other breath, you say, I have a right to leave. It's the same word. But they mean different things. So the translation is the same. You know, the Greek word is the same. But the translation, in actual context, they're both talking about life. A life that God gives. But in context, they mean different things. Just what I want you to understand. Now, the reason why I'm using John 3.16, basically, is if you want to explain it out to somebody else. Because in John 3.16, the Bible did measure to, you know, measure to make us understand this. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Shall not perish, but have. But have. And if you want to continue, take them to the book of John 5. Verse 24. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that has sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death 
unto life. He still talk about, you know, he still talks about death when he talks about everlasting life. What limits everlasting life is death. But that does not limit eternal life. You're getting this? Eternal life comes with the knowledge of God you have. Wow, everlasting life comes with working at the, he said, just as many as believe. What do you believe in? The word. You're working it. Like this, you know, this actual scripture we just, I just read lastly. John 5 verse 24. Verily I say, verily, verily I say unto you, either hear my word, and believe it on him that sent me, have everlasting life. Why are you believing? You're working it. So the word of God says, you know, you take poison or stuff, and you know, you don't die. And maybe you drank something and somebody ran to you and said, no, 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 that stuff is poison. You say, don't worry, brother. The word of God said I can take poison and stuff and it won't hurt me. Jesus is saying, because what you, you, you function this way, you have what? Everlasting life. So that is that. But eternal life comes with a knowledge. This is a fellowship. In, in, in the Greek word is called, uh, the Greek word is koinonia. It can be translated into, should I call it, intercourse. It can be translated into intercourse. This is a fellowship, communion, together. The Greek word is koinonia. When I say intercourse, I don't mean intercourse and the kind of knowledge of intercourse. I mean in the in-depth spiritual togetherness. Have I? That is what it means. Now, uh, James did well to measure on a crown of life. He said, uh, uh, either is tempted and, you know, overcome a temptation to receive a crown of life which the Lord shall give to you in his appearing. What life is he talking about? In his appearing? So, wait, hold on. There is a life you receive now. And the life you receive when he appears. When does he appear? There's a rapture. That is why he said, that is why Jesus said, what? That God had given him power to raise them up. The word means to take them to the God kind life. The Bible, you know, the Bible made us understand that our life is hidden in Christ, in God. There's a reason why I said what it is in that spiritual inner course, in the inner course in the spirit. You're going inside. It's in your blood. It goes beyond the blood. It's in your spirit. It goes beyond your spirit. You're getting, you just have it. The word is koinonia. Togetherness, fellowship, a close bonding. That's what he means. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the koinonia of the Holy Spirit. No way we want to say it in the very sweet way we say, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
The word is koinonia. That word is togetherness. It can be like it. If it's translated, it could also mean what? Spiritual intercourse. In the spirit. Deep down. Like you cannot really fathom how deep it goes. But it goes. In the level you don't know. In the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We said it's sweet. And it's a fellowship. Okay. Amen. Alright. Now, that is eternal life. Coming to the God kind of life. I said it before. We, we, we can't say God is everlasting God. No. He lasts beyond everlasting. But we can say he's, well, he's an eternal God. He doesn't have a beginning and he doesn't have an end. So when we say forever, forever has an end. Because forever is connoted in time. It's connoted in time. Okay, now, lest I forget, talking about, you know, everlasting life and saying you cannot die. Um, I really know that some people are going to send me a message saying for me to explain the reason why. Eh, you see something like, they, they write something like, eh, eh, we know this man of God, you used to hear about him, but we don't know. He, he was a man of God, he did miracles, we saw the miracles, and we all believe in his words, because he spoke the word of God. He, there were power, you know, there were testimony of a spirit. I, you told us, you made us understand that, you know, whenever there is a miracle, the spirit of God is testifying the word of God. And, but he died, and you're saying, you know, when we have everlasting life, we cannot die. So I don't really understand why he died. Don't send me that kind of message. I won't answer you. I won't. Either you send it as a form of a joke, or you send it to no, I won't. I don't really tell you what I know. Right? I know people will still send it. So I'm saying it beforehand that I won't say anything about it. I won't even measure it. To me, it's just going to be like the message never came. Because me, I just push it down the spell. But if you, you know, you send a message out, I don't understand, explain this, I'm going to explain it. Don't ask me measuring on the man of God that we know that existed in our time or the one that existed before, you know, that we know, you know, generation or he existed a generation before us. You ask me, why did he die? Bros, I don't know. Don't ask me that question. You see, I cannot tell you what I don't know. I tell you what I know. And what I'm telling you now is the truth. I know. And I can't just, you know, get up and tell you something that I think about, just reason it cannily or, you know, yeah, cannily, and I come to you and say, this is what is this. No. I said, the Spirit of the Lord told me this. And I'm telling it down to you so you can know this is the word. Jesus said in the book of Luke, the Bible said that when he was under the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, he said, oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to preach the good news, the word good news. It's the gospel. I told you, it also means good news. In the translation of the Greek word, it means good news. It's gospel to the poor. He has sent me to you, the brokenhearted. 
in a breach, recover your sight to the blind, to set a liberty, they that are captive. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He anointed me to preach the gospel to Paul. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, and to set a liberty they that are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, why am I doing all of this? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's really of a function that I defunction of myself. All of it, Jesus was saying it came by unction to come. So don't come asking me about this man of God. He worked so much miracles. He healed the sick. It's a question of a covenant. Don't ask me. Elijah was anointed, and Elijah received a double portion of Elijah's anointing. But he died. Why did Elijah die? Why was he translated to heaven like Elijah? Okay, thank God that I came back to this. Now, I want I like to encourage us to, you know, go through the scriptures to find out, to read more about the life of Elijah. The man worked, I, the prophet Elijah, he lived in the Mount of Faith. The, I'd like to use the word again. I said his rigorous is enormous. His faith was enormous. Great faith. Great, great faith. And that was the reason why Elijah saw it. And said, okay, this is what I want now. I want you to give me the portion of this, your spirit. This is what I want. You know why? Because he was intrigued with the spirit function. He was puzzled with it. At the time, he knew, I tell you, free of charge, that the prophet, you know, the prophet, the man of God, Elisha, did know so many prophets. I tell you, there was not a prophet in the time of Elisha and Elijah, or after the time of Elijah and Elisha, they functioned like Elijah. That man of God had faith. It was enormous. Glory be unto the Lord. He had an enormous kind of faith. Read his life. The Bible says after, you know, Jezebel had offered a threat to him, he ran away. And he sat under a tree. And he said, Lord, take my life. I'm tired of living. Just take my life. To those people that will say, God, kill people with his hand. You know, they have an image of, you know, you, you, you do something wrong. And today, God will just stretch forth his hands, hold you in your neck. And then he will just clamp. The neck will break and you will die. He said, live on. Now God kill him so. Now, see, see this thing what they tell you. Now God is your killer. All those we get in, now God is your killer. Now, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but Elijah told the Lord, he said, I'm tired of living. Take my life. Rather than God to just send the thunder or something to kill him. What did God do? The Bible says as he was resting, an angel of the Lord brought food to him and told him, eat and be strengthened. Oh, praise the Lord. You need to know something about God. You need to know something. Don't know what you heard. Know what he says to you. There's a reason why I tell you, no matter what you hear from anybody, if the Spirit of God speaks, if the Spirit of God speaks to you directly, forget what everybody says, but you need to be sure the Spirit is speaking to you. Everybody, what everybody says doesn't matter. You know, as long as the Spirit speaks to you, be sure the Spirit of God is speaking to you. After now, somebody's going to ask me, how am I going to be sure the Spirit of God is speaking to me? How can't you know? Somebody, any spirit can speak to you. 
Say, how can you know when the Spirit of God speaks to you? Jesus made us to understand. Say, when the Spirit of truth should come, He should testify of me. When the testimony is of Him, you know the Spirit. You know it. Now, back to what I was saying. I just devoted a little bit. So the man of God, Elijah, Elijah rather, he said, Oh Lord, take my life. To those that give God the attribute of killing people. And to them, God will kill you. And if you tell them, no, no, brother, this thing is wrong. This, but, but the Bible says it's the Lord that killeth and make it alive. They will say, hey, he said he will kill you. I said, no, brother, you don't understand. That is not what he means. What he means is he gives access. He allows you. You become empty. That word means to kill, to become empty. He just lets you go. He leaves you. Like you are alone. So you're vulnerable to everything. So you just die. So in other words, it was translated as to kill. He allows you. But it's going to be of your work. So when it says he's the Lord that killeth, it means he allows you and he maketh a life. He means he and you know he embraces you. Nothing can come and penetrate you. Are you getting this? Okay, now let me show you a little bit of uh, an example. When uh, uh, in the book of Job, the gates of Job, you see this. Now, Job had a hedge around him, right? He had life. That was a hedge. He had life. Everything he had was prospered. But somebody said, so the Lord now gave access for the devil. No, no, God did not give access for the devil. Read the book of Job's. Stop, see, I tell you, stop attributing God to be the villain. He's not. He's not. And I'm so grateful that, you know, that James did well to let us understand that God is not. Say, oh, God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he anybody with evil. He doesn't do evil. Oh, he gets angry, yes. And he lets you go. He allows you. Okay, now let me go back to the issue of Job that I was talking about. I wanted to make a clean example for us to understand exactly the point that I'm talking about. Now, Job made the statement of himself. He said, that which he feared the most is what has happened to him. So the fear was the answer to which the devil went in. Okay? Now, when the devil went in to Job, God gave the devil an instruction. He said, do not touch his life. The reason is, Job had gone out from the hedge of God. In that phase, his liking, if it were to be translated, they would say, no, God killed Job. But God told the devil, he said, do not touch his life. Because the Job had gone out from the hedge of God. That protective, the embrace, he had gone out from it. I would have gone to explaining what, you know, Greek words and meaning, but I don't really measure on that. I, that would be just like trying to teach you some different. But I just came here to tell you the word of God, and that is true. Hallelujah. Okay, now we were talking about, you know, everlasting life. Before I decided to divulge a little bit and give us an advice. Read the lifestyle. You know, James did well to explain to us when he said Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, some translation, you know, puts it as a like passion. He had like passion like us. That is a synonym, but it's not accurate. The word, the exact word is nature. There is a reason why James brought that. There is a reason why the Spirit of God told him that. 
Elijah had our nature, not like passion. Our nature. What nature do we have? The nature of faith. Jesus said, when the Son of Man shall come, shall he find faith on the earth. So he comes looking for faith. So James was saying, Elijah had what? This nature of faith. So when the Son of Man comes, he is going to look for them to have the nature of faith. That was what Jesus was saying. And James now said, Elijah possessed that nature. Okay. I think I've gone a little bit far today. But I wanted to go. But I would still implore you to, you know, um, read through the, the, the life of Elijah. He had a single portion. It was translated to heaven. Elijah had double portion and he died of a sickness. And the anointing was inside his bone. So there is eternal life where the word is. The anointing is a word. Uncle Suhaihin Allahambar Husilahidadad. It's a word. The more you get the word of God inside your body, I tell people, see, listen, if you seek, get enough of the word of God. Don't just let it go. Get enough of it. Make sure you so. If you, you know, your body is weak, you're feeling very down. Get enough of the word of God. Get it to an overdose level. And when you get it to an overdose level, come on, lay hands on that part of your body that is sick. And speak the word of God. You just pain in my leg. I'm healed in Jesus' name. You left in Jesus' name. You just migraine. You know, two more. Name it by its name. Call it in his name. The spirit will always testify of the word. But I am not come no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to measure on healing or the basis of healing. You know, maybe I'll make another podcast some other time and explain. You know how to you know how to draw to healing, how to get it. I'm not going to tell you the process that you can try. I'm telling you what works. I'm not telling you there is a probability for it to work. I'm telling you what works. See, if you do it and it doesn't work, that means it's not faith. Faith always works, and faith is not. I know God will heal me tomorrow. No, faith works in the now. God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Since I was talking about Elijah and talking about faith, I said I don't measure into this. But uh, I really implore you to you know, read through the lifestyle of Elijah. Get to know he functioned in the amount of faith that is still scarce in our time. People are confused. Why was it that Elijah was transcended to heaven? It's a question of covenant. The man had. The faith is not something you can explain in the ordinary. He had. Enormous faith, and he was spiritually attentive. The Bible made us to understand that after he killed the prophets of Baal, you know, and Jezebel offered a threat to him, he ran away. Somebody asked me at one point, he said, But Elijah is very annoying, so why did he have to run from a woman? I told myself, Relax. He didn't run because, you know, he was afraid of what Jezebel would do to him. He ran because she already had a prophecy on her, he could not meddle. He was spiritually attentive. You remember when she killed the, 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 the man Nabot for his vineyard? That she wanted to give to her husband? You remember that? There was a prophecy on her. Where the prophet of God prophesied. You see the place where Nabot's blood was leaked by the dogs. Your blood is going to leak there. The fulfillment of that prophecy was what made Elijah go away. Because she already had a prophecy that needs to come and fulfillment. 
So he, he just left. Imagine going to God and saying, Lord, take my life. And just as you finish praying, you were resting somewhere and you're relaxing. And you know what happened? The angel of the Lord comes to you and says, and taps you with sleeping. He just said, wake up, wake up, John, John, wake up, eat, eat. And it was a very, you know, salivating food, the type you only imagine in your head, in front of you. And you, you know, you, you rub your hands a little bit and, you know, make a little bit of a green in your face. Before you know it, before long, you will drop the two spoon wave you. You should use your hand, do these things, because you know the spoon can delay some time. So you should, you should deal on the food mainly. You really uh, need to go in deeply. But he asked God to take his life. The angel of the Lord comes to him. And tell him to eat, to be strengthened. Hold on. Get to find out about this. You, you need to see what faith, true faith is. The Bible never mentioned so much about the life of uh, Enoch, the prophet. Those were the two people who were translated. But yesterday I did well when the podcast, yesterday I did well when I was talking about, you know, uh, Moses. Moses also lived in faith. The body of Moses, you know, when uh, you know, Jude, right? Yeah, when Jude was talking about, you know, uh, the man of God, the man, you know, uh, Moses, when the angel, the angel, the archangel Michael was, you know, had a tussle with the devil about the body of Moses is because the body of Moses was not to have seen corruption. As we're talking now, the body of Moses is not seen corruption. The Bible says nobody knows where the body of Moses is. The devil went for it to see corruption. That is what he does to destroy. You're getting this. But the angel had a tussle with him and told him the Lord rebuke you. James was not saying it, you know, for us to know the tussle. He was saying it to say, you know, even Michael being an archangel did not bring railing accusation against the devil. But he was, he did well to tell us that there was a tussle. So the body of Moses is still fresh. So during the transfiguration, Moses came in the body, not in the spirit. So when he had, you know, the transfiguration with Jesus, him and Elijah, they came in the body. They were in the flesh. He's a God of the living, not a God of the dead. Amen. Okay, I've gone a little bit too far. I have to come back. I was talking about, you know, eternal life and everlasting life. Eternal goes beyond time. It just, you can't calculate. Excuse me, I'm really sorry about it. You can't calculate eternal life. There is no calculation for it. You get it? But everlasting life functions with time. It is with time. So just in case you're trying to explain or you're trying to, you're preaching to somebody, I also enjoin us to go out for evangelism, to you know, spread out the word to people. Tell them this gospel. Like what I told you, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. Alright. So I implore you, you're hearing the word, don't just keep it yourself. You know, the group of friends that you have around your WhatsApp, the ones you have that are close to you, say the word to them. 
People of God, forward this podcast to people. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. Just make people hear this word. Let them hear the word. You get this? It's going to make a change in somebody's life. There is somebody who needs the word. There is a major of the word. There is a major of the word. So looking up to Christ. Looking on Jesus. The author and finisher of my faith. And Jesus said, oh, when the Son of Man shall come, shall he find faith on the earth. You're hearing the word and you're working the word. Amen. Okay, now, eternal life, like I said, is life, the God kind life, the one that exists without beginning and end. That is the God kind life. But everlasting life has a beginning. He began when time began. So when Jesus told, you know, the, the, the Pharisees, he said, oh, before Abraham, I am. He was. What was he talking about? He was talking about everlasting life. He abide. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Everlasting. When time began, the word was. Right? In the beginning was the word. So this is a major we need to understand. Alright? What makes you vulnerable? I said before, what makes you vulnerable? Sicknesses and viruses and all you know you maybe you see it in the doctors for the report they said you have a uh ebola because i think that's the one that most people will be more afraid of since it's contaminated through the skin through skin contact and it's very deadly you have ebola and you laugh you you, you laugh him to scorn and the doctor's surprised it's like what happens I'm telling you, you're going to die. You laugh him to scorn once again. And he said, are you all right? He said, yes, brother, I'm fine. He said, what is wrong? He said, I can't have Ebola. You don't understand. I just, not that I don't have it. I said, I can't have it. The reason is simple. I have eternal life. It does not die. There's a reason why Jesus had a measure on dying. There is a life that dies. There is a life that dies. You don't know where you have no now. There is a life that dies. There is some point, there is some kind of life you have and it's going to die. It's going to run out. You know, it's going to get out, quench, and you just obliviate. All of a sudden, nobody knows anything about you anymore. You just gone. You know, you just go. You don't, nobody knows nothing about you. Says, all right. Now I told people when the uh, James was talking about the man of God, Elijah said his nature. He wasn't just talking about the nature of faith. He was talking about our nature. He was saying Elijah possessed the nature we have. What nature is that? To be transcended to heaven. That is an actual context. It's the truth. Elijah possessed that. He's ours. It's what we got. Jesus is the model of us. How did he go to the Father? He went through translation. Somebody will say he died first. The Bible said he tasted death for all of us. He tasted death for all of us, all who believe in him. The reason he tasted death is 
that we will not need to die the reason for everlasting life. So if you die a second time and you're on your own, I said it before, don't write me any message asking me why so so man of God died. Don't. I won't answer you. You know, um, I'm about to I'm about to round up right now. I think the podcast is almost getting to an hour. Everything that I just said right now is basically to down they have Jesus in your life. Jesus was speaking of himself. He says, I stand at the door knocking. If anybody hears my voice and open them, I'm going to come in and have. I said the word is koinonia. Koinonia, fellowship, join, oneness with him. This fellowship, this fellowship, if anybody hears my voice, right where you're seated right now, are you hearing his voice? Inside of your body, are you hearing his voice? Are you ready to open the doors of your heart? You can get everything that I just recorded, I just said now. Every single one of it, you can get them. But you can only get them when you have Jesus in your life. You are not an exception. You have to be qualified to have it. It doesn't matter who you are. Everything that they accuse you of is on the flesh. God has never accused you of anything on the flesh. He does not. Oh, he sees you to be beautiful. Somebody, oh, leave that sister. She's a prostitute. She's a lesbian. She's a this. She's that. She, you know, she's taking all the children off her womb. She's useless. And God is saying, no, she isn't. She's my daughter. There's children in the womb. She's not a prostitute. And she ain't a lesbian too. You better listen to what God says about you. That is who God is. The reason why Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. To do what? To tell them the good news. This is the news. And it's not just the news. It's a picture of your life. So if you're hearing this word, and you're about to open the doors of your heart to him, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross of Calvary to justify me from all of my flaws. And you resurrected with victory for me. I receive you into my life to be the Lord of my life. I accept your word in me and I receive your spirit this instant. Thank you, Father. Behold, I am born again. People of God, if you pray that prayer that I just prayed now with me, I want you to know that you will be welcome to the family of God. You are now in near with the Spirit. But the strength of the Spirit is in the Word. The Bible says when Paul was talking about, you know, the weapons of our wealth, he said the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. So strengthen yourself in the Word. Find a faith-believing church and also be in active service. Don't just be an everyday Sunday goer or just be in active service. 
And also, if you have any questions or anything, you can write me personally at youngsapi at yahoo.com. When you find this podcast, share it, please. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Thank you once again. I love you.